Since I know you eagerly await the further narrative of lies and hate, I shall proceed to mention here in brief the record of the woes, misdeeds, and grief I have inflicted on the world and on those who have fled for safety to God's Son. Welcome to the Inverse Theology Project. This is Volume 16, Number 6, Spiritual Theology. I'm your host, T.M. Moore. Satan reluctantly admits that his plan to enlist the world in taking the throne of Christ had not made much progress. Some, he asserts, however, and points to his works of persecution and heresy as his best methods for frustrating the rule of Jesus. But the bluster in his voice conceals a sense of frustration and defeat, which erupts in anger when provoked. Here is part 16 in our series, Satan Bound. At any rate, that was my plan. The fact that it has not worked out should not detract from the sheer beauty of it all, for there is much that I can point to everywhere to show my efforts were not all in vain. These many years have seen their share of pain and suffering on the part of all who chose his path, besides the misery of those who have preferred the way of self and sin. In fact, this is the part where you come in, my curious listener. Oh, does this surprise you? Have you managed to detect my lies, see through my bald deceptions, and remain untouched by sin? Has not its sickly stain your covenant garments soiled? And do you not routinely disobey what you are taught by your exalted King and Lord? Are there no places in your heart you would not dare disclose to others, you who through these pages have listened with evident disgust the ages-long record of my struggle to achieve my bold objective? You pretend to grieve for sin while yet you give safe harbor in your heart to attitudes and thoughts forged in the fires of hell. You unleash carping words and sniping, sharp remarks like bitter swords to wound the heart. And when you think that none can see you, you indulge some harmless fun, which leads my demon host to celebrate this ground thus gained in my campaign of hate for you and for your master, if indeed he can be thus considered. What good deed have you not failed to do? What testimony declined to give. My friend, you are a phony, to put it simply. If in listening to my ways and plight, you think you can deny complicity with me against the one whose kingdom, with your help, shall be undone by me at length. And though for now my plan seems thwarted, I am certain that I can prevail against my foe, those cursed chains and shackles notwithstanding. For the gains I have made these many years persuade me to believe that, with the help of folks like you, the fecklessness of Christ at last shall be exposed and all the world will bow to me, precisely as you do in many a way, no matter what you like to think or say. So, since I know you eagerly await the further narrative of lies and hate, I shall proceed to mention here in brief the record of the woes, misdeeds, and grief I have inflicted on the world and on those who have fled for safety. To God's Son. Observe the constant river of the blood of those who followed in the path of God and in his covenant. At every age I wore them out and turned my bitter rage at God on them. Their ranks are more than can be counted who have at the vicious hand of other men been torn and tortured, chased and harried, laid to utter ruin and waste, confined to prison, sent to exile, lied about and slandered, dispossessed, denied and disinherited. What sport I had at their expense! And how it made me glad each time one of their number faltered in his testimony, 
giving in to sin by recantation or by silence when he should have given witness before men. And how especially it has made me through the years when those who have obeyed God's covenant have turned on one another like starving wolves devouring each his brother and all accomplished in the name of love. And here I have in mind no notion of heretical resistance. I salute those covenant people who a bitter root of controversy over minor points of doctrine have implanted in the joints and marrow of the chosen race. They played their part according to the course I laid out for them. Oh, what fun, what sheer delight to watch them argue, vilify, and fight against each other while the watching world, observing their unseemly conduct, hurled its epithets and condemnations at them with renewed enthusiasm. That was satisfaction almost to allow me to forget these chains I wear for now. Thus persecutions, crash, and drums have sounded against the covenant people and have pounded and punished them throughout the years as I have brought to bear against the faithful my intense outrage at God. Behold how great... What's that? His progress does not here abate? You say that persecution only serves to strengthen the resolve and steal the nerves of those who truly know and serve the Lord, that persecution promised in the word of God, in fact, has given rise to great increase amongst the ranks of those who never cease to praise his name. And did I hear you say that you could hear above the strife and fray of persecution, the advancing feet of him whom I intend to one day to meet with all my vaunted malice, wrath, and power? Do you suppose that for a single hour, a single moment, I am not aware of his pursuit of me, or that I care? Am I concerned? Do I abort my plan, lay down my arms, and die, because I can by no means hinder him? Do you, my friend, who claim to follow him, bring to an end the ways of sin in your life, since you know one day you will go into his presence and render an account of your affairs? You hypocrite, you faithless fool, who dares to challenge or to upbraid me. You hear his dreadful feet as they draw near, but think yourself immune from all his wrath, and thus continue gaily on my path. It gives me satisfaction and delight to think that you may one day share my plight. Where was I when you rudely butted in to chase, chase chastise me for practicing your sin? Ah, yes, my work of persecution. Well, perhaps I've set it up. There's, there's more to tell at any rate. Allow me next to crow about the work of heresy and show the genius of my subtlety as I have dressed up orthodoxy in a lie in every generation. With, with what ease have I persuaded foolish men to please the logic of their fallen minds, reducing the word of God to syllogisms, seducing the coveted people with the reasonableness of their conjectures as they laid the stress too much on one truth while the compliment of it denying or in giving vent to some peculiar passion that expands some teaching far beyond the clear command or revelation of the word and wrest the truth from its destruction. Or they test God's patience by insisting that the Lord has made new revelations of his word to them, and them alone, God spoke to me, they boast, pretending all the while to be the humble servants of the Lord. From there, just a step or two before they care no longer what the scriptures say, but cling instead with all their might to everything their favorite prophet might declare. And then there are those teachers who the ways of men accommodate to scripture, washing out long-standing truths and doctrines, sowing doubt, uncertainty, and unbelief. They point with pride at their achievement and anoint the spirit of the age as their last word in everything. They bow down to the Lord of the contemporary. They reduce God to their size and liking and seduce his covenant people into thinking he is just like them. 
except that he may be a little bigger and more loving. <laughs> and the genius in all this, please understand, my curious listener, has three aspects. One, each heresy declares to hold the Son of God in high regard while actually dethroning him and making him to be its servant. Two, all heresies, while they depart from truth, use scriptures, terms, the way the Orthodox employ them, but with new and different meanings, all of them untrue. And three, no matter how courageous or absurd the teaching, many will adore it, and its teachers, more importantly, declaring of themselves that they must be the remnant of the Lord, the rest be damned. The pages of church history are crammed with hypocrites, deceivers, liars, fools, and sincere but misguided men and schools of thought. In every age they are a flood of what overflows the holy word of God and washes out the truth-like truth -like lies and blinds truth-seeking men whom I despise. Well, that concludes Volume 16 of the Inverse Theology Project. Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover the wealth of resources available to help you grow in your walk with and work for the Lord. You can review all the previous issues of the Inverse Theology Project by going to the website, clicking the Resources tab, and then clicking the Inverse Theology Masthead. Volume 17 of the Inverse Theology Project continues the story, our blank verse rendering of the four Gospels blended into one narrative. Until then... For the Fellowship of Ilda and the Inverse Theology Project, this is T.M. Moore.